gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, actor, comedian, and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. Welcome to the show. Hi, Johnny Million. How you doing? We, we made did it. it on the air. We did it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we were obviously uh, preempted by the uh, uh, the kids' soccer game. It went into overtime. Where, yeah, uh, where the Tuscaloosa Angels uh, versus the uh, the Texas Toddlers um, w- went into. Uh, That's when it's time overtime. for the uh, for the elephant to go to the dentist. That's right. Uh, yes, um, and they went uh, it, when the Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so the you, uh, you know, it went into triple overtime, sudden death. And of course, it was just brutal right down to the second. They had 13 rejected goals. Uh, I mean, those kids can headbutt like crazy. And it's interesting that they're all the same size as the ball. So uh, just an amazing game. I'm, of course, kidding. We had technical difficulties and uh, but we're live and that's all I care about. Hi. How you doing? Johnny? Yay, you all right? mm, it's just it's here's the thing. You know, uh, Johnny, you could you could say we were having one of those mornings dealing with technical stuff, and uh, and I will say you got to you got to learn to count your blessings, right, Johnny Million? Right? Absolutely, I mean, that's, that's crucial. You gotta you gotta think of all the positives. In your case, that you're taller than most door frames, and if anybody needs something off of a shelf, you're the man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know what? I do it at Aldi sometimes. That's right for for strangers who for may or may not be shoplifting. For very short strangers, but you know what? Those short people they've got they've got tricks. Oh yeah, uh, you don't have to tell me. They climb up. They climb up the shelves. I, I look over and I see them standing on a shelf. It's I'm like amazing. a little spider monkey. Yeah, <laughs> like like I got this, man. As long as the heavy stuff, as long as the cans are heavy. On oh, do we not have audio on this thing? Hold on one second. Let me make everywhere. And it's just to me, and here you go, uh, just getting this stuff out there for whatever reason. It's being wonky. We'll see. No sound, no sound, no sound, no sound, no sound, no sound, no sound. Muted. You're muted. Um, Hal, no sound. You're muted. 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 Look down, Hal. You're muted. Moot. Sound. Hal muted. Hal's lips are moving. Mute. Audio. Audio. Yeah, I, I, now I can't hear you, Hal. Whatever you did was so good that not a radio doesn't have sound. I don't That's, have sound. Ooh. There you go. Check, check. You hear Johnny. Go. Now you hear me. You hear me and everything? I hear you. I don't know if chat hears you yet. Okay, good. See, that was fun. I, uh, this is what happens when I just start smacking buttons. Hello. Um, in the middle of, uh, <laughs> of everything. See, okay, that's a great example. It's a great setup. It's a great, uh, you know, for this particular story, it, is it rough? Is it difficult dealing with some of these things on our own, on our little shoestring show that we do here, Johnny Million, every Saturday? Yeah, uh, yeah it's difficult. But is it as difficult as um, losing, I think, something in the order of $450 billion? That's, oof. Uh, mm. it, you know, over the course of the next whatever couple of months. I lost a $100 gift card that I bought. To give to someone, and they, I, I realized that they, they didn't want the gift card, so I just held on to it and said, "Oh well, I'll go shopping with this gift card later." When we moved, I lost it. Oh. I was devastated. I think about it all the time. 
Yeah. There's $100 somewhere. Yeah, there's a $100 gift card out there that could be turned into any myriad. All the, and I think that's really what it is. People will often get caught up and they'll say, uh, money is the root of all evil. But I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. First, which is absolutely not true. It is just absolutely that money is not the root of all evil. I'm fairly certain nougat is. Mm. Hear me out. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it is the center of most useless candy, and yet you can't stop eating it, and it is... Uh, Cannot. It's, yeah, useless calories. Um, nougat, you heard hashtag nougat is the root of all evil. But um, also, the, the saying was, um, love of money is the root of all evil, which I would argue is the same thing as saying uh, hoarding is the root of all evil. Yes? Sure. Because that's really what you're doing. If you're just getting money together just to have a big pile of it like your Scrooge McDuck, you're not It's really, always Scrooge McDuck. It is always – I mean, what a what better mental image of the aimless capitalist, I suppose, is in people's heads than Scrooge McDuck, who like coins yep. for coins' sake, like dollars for dollars' sake, which is mm-hmm. what the love of money would give you. And by the way, I'm enjoying your um, – Tears for Fears, uh, Sowing the Seeds of Love background that you're putting up on the background. Everything is possible. Thank you. We could do that all day. Um, the, um, so uh, it's that love of money that's the, the problem. It's the uh, wanting money for money's sake. Because to me, and this may be, you know, a flaw. I'm willing to, uh, you know, recognize this in myself, that money is never money to me. Money is either potential food, rent, bills paid, that kind of stuff. That's what the money's for, right? That's mm-hmm. where it goes. It's in and out. Like I need the lights to be on. Therefore, any money I take in for that purpose is it's just light in another form. What, what Hal's saying is that money's all about the old in, out, in, out. So no time for the old in, out, love. I've just come to check the meter. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, right. I think, I think most people refer to it as that. Even – even when you're saving up a big chunk of money, it's about the house or the car or whatever you're going to do with it because it's just a it's a transmission element of the labor and work and stuff that you've done elsewhere. Nobody wants to carry a, a five dollar sandwich around in their pocket until they are maybe hungry later. It's nasty, right? <laughs> and you certainly don't want to carry your, all your food for the day in a pouch. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or we'd all walk around with like just big sacks of beef jerky with us all the time, trying to buy water with beef jerky as a currency. Um, so, which is, by the way, how it kind of used to be. Yeah. Um, but to to people like Donald Trump, money is the thing in and of itself. Yeah. Even the properties he has are representative of the money they are worth, not the thing itself. Because if I had a dream, like yeah. like if you had a place like Mar-a-Lago, except less stinky and full of uh, urine-filled mason jars. and Oh, you, you know, had me, then you lost me. Yeah. <laughs> had what? <laughs> I said, you had me, then you lost me. I'm like, all right, oh, Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, you're right, actually. I, I, urine in jars? I, was talking, I was speaking the abstract. You and oh, the okay. general, not you actual, Johnny Money. So, and I think that's a very distinct difference between – how a lot of people think about this stuff and how Donald Trump thinks about these things. And you can tell it's even a difference between him and his father. His father was a real estate magnate because his dad realized he was one of these people that was sort of like the early pre Ron Paul audit, the fed money is fake taxes is theft. 
that kind of like anarcho-capitalist uh, right winger who treats America like a renter. And the, the minute they can get out of here and get their security deposit back, they're gone. Right. This is the Henry Ford friends with Hitler kind of crowd. And Fred Trump was one of that ilk. Right. And he raised Donald right. Trump through this belief system that like money ain't money. It's just deceased notables on green pieces of paper. What you want is property, real estate, as I believe it was. Uh, the late, great um, Rodney Dangerfield and Caddyshack, a film shot in Chicago and one of our proudest moments, by the way, mm-hmm. no big deal, who said, you ain't anything but a real, a real estate, you own a popcorn fart. Remember that? That was the line, right? And who, somebody wow. stepped on a duck, right? That's the line. Well, sure. That's that's might as well have been Fred Trump talking. And it would make, a, you know. Other than him being a, actually a happy person, um, <laughs> Trump was ba- Trump was basically raised by an angry, n- non-comedy movie version of Rodney Dangerfield's character in in Caddyshack. The problem was, uh, Caddy it, like it, Trump sees all of his properties for what he'll sell them for eventually because he can. The idea is you can get more stuff that you can turn into more money later. It is that right, right. accumulation of wealth for wealth's sake that, you know, makes his, like, his whole places look like fake opulence. Why the why the ballrooms at Mar-a-Lago look like these big fancy showpieces, you know, they look like a Russian subway station, according to Tucker Carlson, but the omelet bar looks like a Ramada Inn. Does that make sense? Like, oh, he's yeah. not... He's not going to do anything. It's all backsplash with him. Like the whole, you ever watch those HGTV shows, Johnny? May, I'm sure you do. You and Mr. Oh, Lee. sure. Yeah, you get caught in that hole, and you're like, and you're like, we're going to change this, and we'll knock down this wall, and ultimately, all you do is go buy a bucket of paint and paint one wall. But you're like, look what we've done. You know, yep. we, we all. Why are my shoulders so tired? I'm never painting another ceiling in my life. That's ridiculous, right? Meanwhile. Um, most of those shows, if you'll notice, the the fixation on backsplash is a huge thing. We're <laughs> going to change the backsplash in this kitchen and transform it, which is just these sheets of rocks thrown together with, like, netting. And you put it on the wall, and then you you throw some spackle in there. And yeah, it holds I it always there, thought and backsplash like, had to do with, like, some sort no, of... Like, no, 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 Johnny, no, Johnny, no. You saw so, that coming a mile away. I saw it a mile away. I always thought. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like, no, cut. So, <laughs> so I know you so well, Johnny. But right, everybody in the chat room, you'll back me up. The backsplash fixation is a big thing. Like, go to go to Lowe's or something. It's just stacks of different kinds of backsplash, so people can change the look of their kitchen with this crappy semi like literate home remedy that doesn't actually change the problem. The sink doesn't drain properly. The cabinets are rotten. You know, it's all just surface cover. And that's what Trump does. Trump is the, uh, a backsplash real estate magnet. He comes in to a, an old property that has good bones and is a classic piece of property. And it's probably rotten and full of mold and nobody wants to buy it for that very reason. And he slathers, white and gold paint on everything changes and his the backsplash name. right and and taxes his name on the front of it <clears throat> and now it's now worth way more than it was worth when he bought it and he's going to sell it for that magic amount this is the essence of how yep. Donald Trump thinks of 
even even the heart of his entire brand, real estate, as just every piece of property is just a bank. Now, most people think of their house as their biggest investment, and hopefully you'll be able to sell it for more than you bought it for over time and either move into a slightly nicer place or pocket some of the money when you move into a smaller place and live nicer and do some travel or pass it on to your kids and they can do that, right? That's how a lot of people think about their house as a primary residence. Donald Trump, can be real abundantly clear at this point, Donald Trump doesn't have a home. Donald Trump may be our first homeless ex-president. The man bounces he he couch surfs his own rental properties yeah because he legally can't live in them and he refuses to buy a house like every other president post presidency that is you know up to the debt. it's bizarre it, i mean once you just think about that for one second this guy who's supposed to be a real estate mastermind doesn't own uh, you know, a Shangri-La, some house of his own. I mean, the, the Obamas have a nice house that they live in, sure. and it's walled because they're the Obamas, and Donald Trump set the whole, he's really from Kenya crowd on them, so they kind of need security. The, 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 the yeah. Bidens have a regular house in Delaware and this lake house that they bought with his book money, and they go back and forth like they're Canadians, for crying out loud. Like, every Canadian's got a cottage, you know? Yeah? and And it's... Like, uh, you know, uh, like Bush has his uh, his little ranch where he picks up brush. Reagan had his ranch. Right. And these were their that's their actual home. George W. Bush paints in the bathtub of his house in Midland, Texas. It's his house. He doesn't own a a, a W hotel in downtown Houston and lives in one of the suites in the top of it. 90 days in a row and then has to move. Otherwise he loses the tax break on the building. Yeah. It's, I I don't think people grasp just how bizarre this silly little man is. (laughs) And the fact that he lives in, in these properties that he doesn't even consider a home. He doesn't consider them important. He, they're all just for show. They're all backsplash spackled over a, 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 a crappy wall that he's got a safe hidden in that's got mm-hmm. cash that may or may not be there, but you're going to give him a loan based on what cash he says is in the safe behind the wall, hidden behind the backsplash. That's the whole game. That's the con. Now, the $450 million he's been found liable for, and will, and by the way, that's going to increase over the next couple of months is money he doesn't have because that means he'd have to dip into the bank, which is his properties, which he, would, oh, yeah. which he says are worth way more than they actually are. I did everyone a favor. They're worth way more. Right. Fire sale is what you're seeing. This is what, this is what happens. And what happens when you have a fire sale? It's one thing to have a fire sale to break my own analogy. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. The, it's one thing to have a fire sale when you have a safe in the wall that's fireproof. It's another thing right. to have a fire sale when you've stuffed the money in a mattress <laughs> and said that the reason this house was so expensive and why it's worth so much money is all the money hidden in the mattress. Yeah. Yeah. This is the, I, like, I just want people to grasp 
why this man is having panic attacks <laughs> and why they're going to get worse. We'll be back right after this. It's the Hellspark Radio Program, mega worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Now with 100% more, Johnny Million. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Uh, thank you. Uh, welcome back. Uh, so, uh, Johnny Million, um, the, the, the story we were talking about before the break, $450 million in total money that uh, Donald Trump has been fined so far, including the $354.5.6.7 million in, and the inability to do business in the state of New York. Uh, for the next three years, he can't start a business or run a business. Neither can his kids. Uh, Don Jr. and Eric both find $4 million each. Ivanka dodged anything, and she's the one that can afford it. That's the funny part. Between her and that $3 billion uh, um, wealth fund that the Saudis set up, you know, the, uh, I, I think, yeah. I, I, you know, the what is it called? The Jamal Khashoggi uh, Memorial Wealth Fund um, that was set up between them and the Saudis. Um, they, uh, ouch, they like, she, she can afford it more than anybody else. Now let's be abundantly clear. The irony, I think in this situation with, uh, by the way, uh, I don't know if they have the $4 million. I'm sure, uh, you know, who does have it though? You know, who has the $4 million for Don Jr. And Eric, uh, to pay their fines? Maggot. Tucker Carlson. Oh, maggots. Yeah. All the poor yeah. people living in trailer homes. Absolutely. Yeah. They've all, they've got, they're, you got, you're covered, man. You, I mean, listen, Donald Trump, 320 million Americans out of the 340 and the other, yeah, obviously the other 10 million are either old senile Democrats or too young to vote and don't matter um, or Brown or something. Um, that, but the rest of them all love him so much. They're all going to kick in a couple of bucks, probably five bucks a piece. And he's covered, man. He get he could pay it off. And buy some more buildings while he's at it. And and uh, buildings, by the way, that will be exclusive and members only, so none of them will even get to visit it. That <laughs> is the other aspect of Donald Trump's – I think one of my favorite things about the real estate aspect of Donald Trump's empire uh, that's coming crashing down. It, it, you know, in New York, he's got the Trump Tower and he's got 40 Wall Street, which has – should be called 30 Wall Street because it's it's 10 floors shorter than he says it is. Um, <laughs> but that's, all right, that's the address, but you get the point. And then he's got the uh, Trump World Tower, which is right across from the U.N. Um, I call it the sniper's nest. But uh, he sold a five million dollar uh, apartment to uh, uh, Yi Jinwei, the, the head of CEFC, the Chinese energy company that was trying to get in business with James Biden and Hunter Biden. And the you know, which we'll get to that story. Oh, boy. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that when, when boss Brian comes in. Um, but, uh, the, you know, the, that building, he, that guy never set foot in that building. Imagine owning, here's another thing, Johnny million. Let, imagine owning a $5 million apartment in New York city, New York city, New York city that you n- n- never set foot in. I mean, you don't in theory intend to rent it out. That wouldn't be that weird. If you were, a uh, somebody living across the country, maybe you're, maybe you're, uh, invalid and you have a disability and you're trying to find a way to, to, you know, to back that up. And, um, whoops, sorry. Um, same. Okay. It's not, he's he, okay. Hold on one second. There's an issue with, uh, um, Boston, Brian having the, um, uh, uh-huh. no, a little guy. Yeah. 
he he put a one he put a one on the end of something and that's that doesn't exist um it's okay it's miss it's a typo we're fine all's well but um imagine i can't imagine having a new uh, an apartment in new york city that's uh, i mean i can't imagine it i'm trying not to right now because i would want it too badly i'd love to have an apartment in new york city that i go to all the time when i'm in new york and it's my place and whatever and and then the re- when i'm not there dave hill lives there i don't know how, how that works but um just i just put him up in an apartment and leave him there just so he can have sure. uh, you know yeah. rent free and uh if not in my head at least in in new york but if i if you had a, an apartment in in new york and manhattan a five million dollar place, and you never even furnished the place. That's so weird, right? And the reason you never—and here's the thing—the reason you never furnished it is because you're you're planning on, economically speaking, the greater fool theory making you some money. Meaning you were an you were an idiot for paying five million dollars for this empty apartment in a half vacant building that nobody else really thinks is worth that. But eventually, some moron who does who thinks the same thing you do, but thinks in the future it's going to be worth even more, will pay you five point five for it, and you make five hundred thousand dollars on a piece of property you never set foot in, that nobody ever set foot in, nobody's ever lived in, because some idiot just like you is going to pay five point five million dollars for the pleasure of leaving it empty until someone else comes along. It, it, oh, like that, there you go. Right. Right. That is and and that is the essence of the of of the Trump model. It's the it's the Armando Montalongo um, model. If you you remember that guy make real estate with no money down, that guy was big, real big Uh, for a while. Okay, he was all he had. I think he had a show on HGTV, but he would run these things. And I just remember his name stood out to me. Armando Montalongo. Um, That's a good name. I was like. If, yeah, if that guy wasn't a real guy, that's a character I would come up with. You know oh, what absolutely. I mean? Like that's a right. This guy, yeah, he would flip houses and he would cascade rents. You know, he would he would buy a place, fake equity in it again, throw a backsplash on it, get it evaluated at you know fifty thousand more than it was worth, take fifty thousand in equity out of it as a loan, use that fifty thousand to buy, put ten down on five other cheap houses, and then build and build and build. That was the model. Um. When, when do you think that guy was real big? When, when do you think there it, and then wasn't anymore? Yeah. Any, any, any idea? Um, 2008. Oh. Yeah, I was about to say 2007. Yeah. Yeah, 2007 into 2008. The whole build was coming. And then 2008, that whole model just magically went away. <laughs> that, like, you've stopped hearing about. The people doing that, I mean, it's starting to pop up here and there, like make no make money in real estate with no money down. It's very rare at this point because they're going to try and get people back into real estate. Mostly it'll be commercial real estate at some point, which is Trump's g- genius that he got into commercial real estate right before 2020. Oh, God. I mean, is it luck or just idiocy? I don't know. But either way, the the point is, is that all that stuff you guys heard about. People bought houses they couldn't afford. Yeah. And these stupid people, you poor, broke idiots, how dare you pay, You know, live on the edge of your financial well-being so that you could stop renting and throwing away your money and buy a house? You jerks. <laughs> and it was all these poor people. And the, and the assumption, I got to say, across the board on a lot of these things was that it was because the – 
because of the Bush administration and the Obama, you know, like the trend towards what got Obama into the office was we got to start helping black people buy houses. And so that's that was they became mm-hmm. the scapegoat. The Bush administration gave all these black people houses that they couldn't afford. And then look what happened. That's that was what they la- they laid that off on everybody. It drove me nuts. Wow. You heard it all over the place. And even if they didn't say it overtly, they said it covertly all the time. It was always kind of wink and a nudge. That's where it came <sighs> from. When it had nothing to do with them. It was these rolling stack upon stack BS mini empires that idiots like Armando Montalongo were not only creating himself, but his followers were creating that stacked dozens of, uh, you know, of like uh, houses upon houses, like this house of cards, single individuals with 13 houses, you know, 12 of them empty. And, and then you missed the payment on one of them because you couldn't sell them because 2008 started to happen. Everybody's like, I don't know if anybody's ever going to buy this. Why would anybody move to that neighborhood? People start paying attention and then boom, that's what hit. Yeah. That's what did it. And, and, and it, they blame like poor people trying to get a toehold for all this stuff when it was all these idiots that are like, like, inf- like infomercial idiots jumping in and stacking houses in neighborhoods nobody's going to live in places that should, arguably should be bulldozed people with places with black mold in them yeah you know and uh, that they never fixed and couldn't get zoned to rent or anything all that collapsed that for whatever you feel about um and i see brian waiting in the wings so we're going to bring him in here in just one second but for all the people blaming poor people with one house for trying to hang on in 2009 and 2010 and, you know, around that, like they lost, you know, giant organizations losing tons of money, causing a cascade effect on businesses not being able to borrow money be- to pay their, you know, like their rolling line of credit, which is how they were paying their employees, had to lose employees. Those people lost their job. They were making their payments. They were doing just fine. They had one house and that was it. But their whole like nest egg was destroyed by these yeah. idiots doing this stacking stuff. That is, yep. that is, you know, what we call the ad absurdum of a particular philosophy, which is, oh yeah, you can buy this, you don't even, you don't even have to have any money. You can just buy this thing and, and there doesn't even have to be equity in the property. It doesn't even have to be worth what you say it is. You just paint it and then some idiot will buy it. It's amazing. And that, <laughs> that lie is exactly the Trump method. Yeah. That is on a grander scale. There, the only difference between Armando Montalongo and Trump's BS is that Trump was arguably too big to fail for these banks. And he was able to work the system because of the properties his father owned that were giant brick and mortar things that everybody assumed were worth something, even though they're half empty in Manhattan. We'll take, let's, I'm going to take a break early real quick so I can bring okay. uh, Austin Bryan in to join with us on this because I will get on this diatribe and I will not let it go because I will be like a dog with a bone. And he knows it because he mm-hmm. gets that way as well. Um, uh, while, while you're in the break, think about patreon.com slash Boston Brian. And uh, we'll be back right after this. You're locked into the House Sparks radio program. Mega Worldwide. So uh, Boston Brian joins us right now. Thank you, brother, for hey, being here. Hey, and, and busting through. 
um, all the uh, the issues that we all have technologically to get together, which are quite frankly, I got to say, <sighs> count your blessings. It's a miracle we can even do this. This is stuff that only like giant news organizations used to be able to do. And now we can do it yep. with some fairly cheap software. So even with its problems, it's a it's a miracle that's never going to be lost on me. And I'm glad to have you here. We were just talking about um, before you came on this idea that, you know, Trump's so far, his tab is almost half a billion dollars. And uh, and again, that, you know, isn't everybody's know, right <laughs> at this point? Absolutely. My and my you mean my like moral and ethical tab that I seem to have to pay all the time. And technically, clearly apparently. you've never been to South Boston bars. Tabs just get that high. <laughs> do they yeah well that's that's true i've never drank so i've never actually had to um right, deal right. with that kind of stuff yeah touche um right um but i i look at um the, like let's just i'll just put it this way mar-a-lago <laughs> is a dump it's uh the the real estate value of it is the land it's on if you could turn it into something else which if you could the taxes on it would be enormous, so nobody wants to. And so people buy, would rather buy up five houses nearby and turn it into a hotel than nobody's going to pay a billion dollars to build a hotel on uh, in Palm Beach. It's 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 goofy. Like it's it, like the idea. Think about that for a second. Who the heck? How do you make your money back building a hotel or even? Like a high rise that doesn't block the view, which I'm sure the city council would have an issue with, that you could sell or rent for on a regular basis enough to make back a billion or a billion five. Yeah. I mean, if it's worth a billion, just show me where it says that it's listed for a billion or has ever been listed for anywhere near a billion dollars yeah. or anything around along those lines. Because if it's worth a billion or a billion five, there should be some sort of paperwork or document to, you know, to give a valuation uh, uh, of such. <laughs> well, I here, here's the thing: if it's worth a billion five, easy, and it's and everybody knows it. Obviously, as uh, Tucker Carlson likes to say, obviously everybody knows it, and ever obviously, and everyone knows it. If it's worth that, go get an equity line of credit for a billion dollars. Take out, get a loan on two thirds of it. You still got a third of it in equity. You got $500 million in equity in this property. You could take out a billion dollar loan, a, a, a billion dollar loan on this. If it's really worth that and buy every other house five miles in any direction. Right. I, I, like the the idea and, and his the reason he says 10 to 100 times more than they say it's worth, which would be, you know, 180 to you know or it's just 50 to 100 times i think right so it you know he's talking about a billion eight of like a 900 at the at the at least what, what did, just for million. comparison what did the sphere in las vegas cost to build oh i yeah that's a good question uh, uh i'll look it up right now because um, i mean the the technology that that goes into that the size of it the location right um 2.3 billion so I mean, come on. So, yeah. yeah. So Mar-a-Lago is worth half of the Las Vegas. Yeah. Been more than half. Why didn't come they on. just? Your good point, Boston Brian. Why didn't they just build two Mar-a-Lagos and call it a day? People love that place, <laughs> right? Right. I, I mean, I know a lot of people haven't been to the Sphere, but I know everybody who likes a good omelet bar. 
<laughs> behind a red velvet rope in a weird, I uh, you know, using an IKEA like particle board yeah. furniture. They could the- do like little gold gondola rides around the property. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, and and uh, it, and and you could fly in real alligators from Florida, which you know, <laughs> by the way, makes it a great place to raise children. Um, I mean, but really, just I, think of that. I mean, just even think of the most some of the most expensive properties uh, uh, in the yeah. United States that you've heard of, and what they look like. Uh, Bill Gates's properties, or uh, in Washington, or you know, any one of these uh, huge California mansions. I mean, <laughs> just there's no right. comparison as to what they look like and what they're worth, and what Mar-a-Lago looks like and what is actually worth. It, especially with, like you said, you can't. A lot of these private, all these private homes, you can. If you had enough money, you could buy it, knock it down, and build whatever you want on that on that land. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you got the money to okay. do it, you can't Here's do that with Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, the the um, like I guess Madison Square Garden owns uh, the Sphere, right? Owns the like they're the company oh, really? behind it, the MSG yeah, the company that. that does that. Yeah, and uh, the original price of it. When they, when they, you know, cost overruns because it was expensive and right. stuff, get sent it to 2.3. But the original cost was $1.8 billion, which is exactly what Donald Trump says Mar-a-Lago is worth. <laughs> the insanity of that is just ludicrous. And, and, I mean, just forget the projectors on the outside of it and the design elements and the new technology and whatever, the size of the place. It has 160,000 foot <laughs> the stage in the right. ballroom there at Mar-a-Lago is something to behold. Something you two else. could definitely yeah, yeah. definitely perform on that stage. Oh, it's you magic. could put so many documents on that stage. According <laughs> to Donald Trump, Mar-a-Lago is worth more than Allegiant Stadium. It's worth more oh, wow. than Madison Square Garden. Wow. It's, it's worth more than 666 Fifth Avenue, which is my dream building that I'm going to buy at some point. Don't forget, Super Chat Away, help us buy it. And I know a lot of you are saying how you could never afford to buy 666 Fifth Avenue with Super Chat money. It's not enough. And I would say uh, Jared Kushner couldn't afford it when he bought it either. So hope springs eternal. <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't talk to me about what I can't afford when we're literally talking about people who have faked being billionaires for decades and written books on the subject. But it's just silly. And then you got people on uh, Fox Business who are actually like pr- pretending to be confused by all this. Like, there's no way you can say Mar-a-Lago's only 18 to $26 million. Trump you said it. Damn well why that is. Not only that, but it was Trump's own team that had special uh, uh, adjudicators from the area come in and tell him that's what the evaluation should be. If that's if he wanted the tax breaks that he was wanting to get, you know what I mean? That's what it came along with. Right. That's the and 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 again, just like the gold laminated, like and mix of paint and uh, like and you know the it, it, my favorite part I think over the last week and I think this summed it up. I think I might have been all in on the idea that the place is worth something. It's worth you know it's a worth a pretty penny. It's probably worth more than the houses and area of the same general size in the area until Donald Trump decided to give his little press conference out in front of the place. Which if you haven't seen it, where he comes out and just angrily yells about <laughs> With all yeah, the just constant airplanes every nine minutes, just <laughs> like oh my! Not it, the it, little ones either. Not like a little Cessna no, that takes like two seconds to go by and it's not that bad. <laughs> flying over every like at one point it was like every five minutes. I was like, I'm impressed 
at just the volume of airplanes that they're getting out of that place. They must, it's almost like they were evacuating the place. But it's like that all the time. Mar-a-Lago is in the flight path. It's in and in the low flight path of, of the airport. So I mean, imagine, is it worth mentioning that man is not supposed to be living there to begin with? <laughs> yes, I brought that up before. He's homeless. He's our first homeless president. You'd think he'd be more sympathetic to the working class, but apparently yeah, no, not. Like... Can't, the man can't afford to buy his own home because I guess they'd have to do a soft credit check and he couldn't pass. But <laughs> the, uh, the amazing A part, soft skull check he could. That's right. Yeah, you know, it's off, yeah, a sponge head check. Uh, but, but literally, every time he was talking, he's coming out. We, it's worth so much more money. This place is one of the greatest <laughs> properties in America. People, don't forget to wipe that jet fuel. The fumes are falling on you as we speak. Just make sure you shower. <laughs> welcome, yes, welcome to the chemtrail ball that uh, Alex Jones throws here all the time. That's, I mean, that just occurred to me. But you, you know, will light up in the dark for the next day or two. But that should fade. Glow. You have that Mar-a-Lago glow. Everybody <laughs> thinks it's a spray tan. It's not. This is jet fuel. This is the effect of jet fuel <laughs> on human skin. This is what I get for having the upstairs apartment, and somebody keeps leaving the window open, and I keep getting dusted with jet fuel and coolant. <sighs> Which would explain his cognitive abilities. These, these, you should see what shakes loose from the ceiling when the tires from the 747 scrape against the roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I, like, I find it uh, amazing that this, uh, this dump is, you know, is, is, the, is his nest egg. That this is the place, like, he's like, and, and he's going to defend it. He's painted himself into a corner where he's got to defend this place. I mean, you're going to have to have this has got to be where the Trump library is when he passes. It just has to be. It's the only way they're going to be able to keep it in the family. Unless they, you know, I, I think, I think if you wanted to truly have a legacy for each of these presidents, different reasons, you know, uh, the, the Obamas have a place in, you know, in Chicago, the, you know, again, the Midland, Texas ranch of Bush and all this stuff, you know, as, as sort of heritage places for these presidents, Jimmy Carter's house in, in uh, Georgia that he, built himself and worked on forever. I think the true legacy of Donald Trump, if we really want, if it was going to be in line with the brand is that after he's over, he's over as a human being, all of it are, uh, there's a hostile takeover of the family business, probably by Jared Kushner, where they just sell off everything, sell off the parts of everything. Like the, they section off. And the only thing that's left in the middle of like downtown, Bedminster, which is now, you know, the little gated community they build on top of Bedminster, is this one little patch of land you're not allowed to build on that's a hole in one of the big buildings that if you look down in it, you can see Ivana's a, a, a grave. <laughs> oh, wow. Don't know wow me. we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Uh, Phil Bittner's going to join us, and I'm going to keep Boston Brian in just because it's been that kind of a morning. We'll be back right after this. We need him. We need him. We need him. You're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. I've had people walk out of me before, but not when I was being so charming. Video 
video streaming at housefarms.com. Well, I don't care for you or for the putrid sludge you're trowling out. Plus, Facebook, and stick. True progressive talk. Might be a good time for you guys to give up. Well, this is our, uh, I mean, it's a good first attempt. We shall see what we, sh- we shall see. But uh, joining us right now, Philip Itner is live in Kiev. He's joining us in Boston. Brian's still with us. Johnny Million, there you are. And there you'll stay. And, Here I uh, am. Yes. Uh, welcome. Um, how are you, Phil, first and foremost? Um, and, um, uh, I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm, I spent the day fighting, pushing back against Russian uh, – Talking points and uh, tankies and what have you. So, lots of lot massive misinformation campaign going on right now. Mm-hmm. Right, huge, huge. Mm-hmm. Never seen it like this before. Um. Well, and, and I guess it's a, a a good place to start. Um. Is that it, they seem to think that this is while the while the House members have left for two weeks. My, uh, for those that don't know, Mike Johnson declared a vacation in the U.S. Congress essentially for two weeks to because he knew if he brought this to the floor, it would pass and mm-hmm. effectively to dodge this. Now, the the Biden White House has gotten around this a lot. They have this scrap metal thing that they've been doing. I don't know if you know about this. Boss Brian, you may know a little bit about this, but they're basically uh, they're working on this thing to declare old gear scrap metal um, hmm. and uh, and then. Um, for these other countries so that they can transfer it to Ukraine without it being a weapons transfer. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Ecuador famously did this recently, and that's where you had the banana tariff, the the great banana wars that Russia is going through right now, that they're not taking in Ecuador. They've, not only are they not buying Ecuadorian bananas, but they are saying that they're full of pesticides and bugs and all kinds of stuff like that to bit to try and destroy their business in other countries so they're putting out these like giant dissent they're attacking ecuadorian bananas simply because i'm gonna fall for the old ecuadorian banana trick banana trick uh, yeah yeah take these bananas um <laughs> but that uh, you know that is the workaround and it's we're doing it with several countries uh, we did it with germany yeah um they're doing it with uh i, I think, I think greece is in it. there Greece, yep, exactly. It's got yep. a lot of the uh, uh, FDR workarounds of World War II flair to it. Um, you know what he needs? A lot of workarounds what, what to get really around the needs. Neutrality Act. Yeah, absolutely. What I think a lot of people are proposing, and I'd love to see it happen. I don't know if he'll do it, but just just make an executive, you know, make the decision that the you know three hundred the three hundred billion that 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 proposed idea of taking their assets, which have already been yeah. seized. But transferring them to Ukraine, you know, I I I would yeah. not be terribly yeah, surprised if there's a pathway for him to do that. There, well, there is one of the things that I've been hearing about uh, in in terms of that, and they've been back and forth about that. The international rules yeah. on it because it would allow it. It sets a slippery slope, uh, but the yeah. interest on those things can be claimed. So we're just holding on to your money and you're not allowed to move yeah. it. Sanctions stand to that. But let's say they have $100 million from some Russian oligarch in a bank someplace. The bank technically, while it's handed and, you know, they have to be able to pay it if it's ever ruled, they have to give it back. But while it's there, they can loan it out and they can uh, make interest on that. And that interest mm-hmm. can be given to Ukraine or to support, you know, refugees would, yeah. or provide aid. That's, that's and that one has one way to, to do it. Yeah, that's yeah. one way to do it. But, uh, I mean, it's uh, it's been a wild 24 hours um, or, you know, 36 hours since we heard Navalny died. 
Um, and the massive campaign that's going on there and the fighting in Avdivka, which looks to have fallen to Russian forces. Uh, you know, it's, it's been a wild, uh, you know, it's been a wild few days, you know, starting with, mm-hmm. I guess, Trump's declaration of, you know, I- invitation rather to, you know, Russia, go ahead and do whatever you want to a NATO member. And then it's just gotten crazier and crazier. And uh, the, the the information campaign online is, again, unlike anything I've seen, especially on Musk's platform, you know. I mean, that yes. place has just gone crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You may have seen, there. you know, there's a lot of talk, uh, There's and it's so clearly orchestrated by the GRU. I mean, they're just, once you see it, you can't unsee it, you know. They're, they're, they're pushing forward this uh, comparison. Um, between Navalny dying in prison uh, in Russia and a guy and an American Chilean guy dying here in Ukraine in prison about three weeks ago, a guy by the name of Gonzalo Lira, there is absolutely no comparison between right. Alexei Navalny and Gonzalo Lira. Gonzalo Lira was he was he was like a, a, a you know a, a, a Tokyo Rose or a Lord Haw Haw. He was he was an information warrior. He was a camp, he was a propagandist, and uh, he passed along information to the Russians. Uh, he doxed out Ukrainian soldiers and volunteers. Um, you know, if it had been anybody other than an American citizen, they would have chucked him in prison a long time ago. Right. He was he's a, he was a you know a mid middle aged guy who was a chain smoker. Mm-hmm. Who was, you know, I, look, I'm no Adonis, I, but at least I'm uh, well aware. I'm I'm conscious enough, you know. But uh, you know, he 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 was not in. He did not yeah, keep himself surprising. in good health. It was yeah, right. And and even if they had given him, you know, uh, and presumably they take care of their prisoners there um, better than the Russian. Almost anybody does. Certainly but better than the still, Russians. Yes. Yep. Yeah, um, but. That didn't mean he was going to be able to dodge it. You know, time comes for us all, yeah. I suppose. But the but the sure. very distinct idea that somehow uh, it, I guess Navalny went for a walk and was unresponsive in his Arctic prison. Yeah. I mean, I don't and, see. I don't see a benefit to to Russia making the decision uh, yesterday or whatever day it was to 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 make you know to make the call to take him out. They had him isolated. They had him in a in a you know a, a Siberian prison. Um, I, I think, in my opinion, it's much more likely that it was malnutrition, you know, organ failure, some sort. I mean, he wasn't yeah, healthy I think when it was he got a back into was, Russia. I, Ultimately, Russia and Putin are uh, are directly responsible for the man's death. But the way that people are saying that he was uh, um, assassinated uh, kind of paints a different picture. It almost makes it seem yeah, like no, a, this was a direct attrition. order from Putin went down yesterday to 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 you know to to get end rid of him basically. Well, and, and I think I, the order happened a long time ago. Is the is the argument that you, we're going to slowly murder this guy? We're going to torture him to death by starving him, putting him in terrible conditions, and 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 the like. Which is how you you know in modern times, um, that's how you get rid of you know the the politically difficult. If the eyes of the world are on you and you're trying to pose as like you have a real reason for uh, you know whatever your fight is in Ukraine or something like that, right. you got to you know. Well, I don't know. He was. He, he seemed fine when I left the room. 
that kind of argument. You can't. Well, it certainly wasn't for elections because let's let's face it. Putin has elections wrapped up tightly enough where he wouldn't have to make the drastic move to to uh, take out Navalny in order to ensure his victory. Although they were they were arresting people for laying, um, I guess, flowers at this site for uh, killed political activists in Russia. Um, They rounded people up for, you know, for daring to, you know, some people were doing it and kind of quietly keeping themselves. They just put a rose and split. But some other folks uh, were protesting. They got arrested and they're gone. I just think it was it was almost more beneficial to Russia being alive, being able for them to to yeah. drag in front of the camera every now and yeah. again to be like, look, he's still alive. We, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's still here. Um, you know, kind of keeping the the pro Navalny, anti Putin, um, you know, underground, yeah, let's say, kind of at bay. Now this kind of almost risks sparking some sort of uprising. Agreed. You know, not necessarily saying that's going to happen, but you, you're always taking that shot when you take out a person that's as loved and, in, 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 let's say, you know, cared about as Navalny. Mm-hmm. It, you could always stir up, you know, some emotions with people, and, and next thing you know, one thing leads to another. I also don't, you know, everybody was putting around that quote from um, uh, Navalny what that was going around the mm-hmm. documentary, if you're reading this. And I kind of think that's a pipe dream as well. You know, I, I kind of just think if, if the pro Navalny group were that strong and have been that strong, they would have taken more advantage of the whole Prigozhin uh, fiasco uh, and incursion into Russia. That would have been the time to kind of, you know, make your voices heard and, and, you know, the time to strike if you really were that strong to, to yeah. make something happen in Russia. But the, like, again, this is just my opinion and just... You'll never, I don't think we'll ever really know the, the full story. That's why I'm almost tend to believe that the Russians did try to resuscitate him. You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, crap. You know, we got to let's <laughs> this isn't going to look good, especially where they were getting good press, whether it be uh, people hate watching or otherwise from Tucker's interview. You know what I mean? Yep. A lot of people saw that, whether it was for hate watching, whether it was for, you know, because news agencies needed to get the clips and they played some of the clips on there or, you know, mm-hmm. people that actually listened to hear what Tucker and Putin had to say. I mean, he was getting his his history lesson there heard by many people. So and, you know, and a lot of people were also saying I've heard that they were trying to take focus off of the recent uh, uh, oil refinery losses in, in, in mm-hmm. oil strikes. And it's like, I, I don't yeah. see that either because I don't see it hanging around in the Russian news cycle long enough. Uh, uh, I don't think Putin right. would want Alexei Navalny's name splashed all over the nightly news that he controls for so long. I mean, the whole point right. of, I think of the, isolating right. him is I, so he doesn't hear about it. I, I, I hear you on that. I would argue that the um, there is a you know the physics of a mortar round kind of idea about a story as well. And you'll see this in politics all across the world. And we've seen it recently here in regard to like the border bill and the like is that, you know, where, where the argument's going to land in a few months. So you take the hit now so that by the time you reach this one particular point, it's in the past. And there's so much stuff that's happened between now and then that the idea is that Russia might be planning some sort of purge effectively of anybody in, you know, they, they got to cover their, their flank after the election. As soon as he's reelected, he can just start purging people that he needs to get rid of. And so to do this now, even though it's messy, but they had him isolated. They had him under control. They had him under wraps. I mean, he's isolated right. in a Siberian prison town for crying out loud. I mean, what could that was, it, that was it. I, I would also agree that that's, that's, that drew attention as well. That the fact that they moved him up there made the world's suspicions kind of continue to thing, and then this pay, this it ended exactly like people thought. I yeah, I think you're. I think I agree that the people around him didn't know 
that you know that didn't. Well, that's why I say I think it was beneficial that they could keep walking him out on camera. I mean, yep. remember there was a few times He's where he kind of went missing, right. and it stirred up the news cycle. Like, okay, where's Navalny? We haven't heard from him. That type of thing. Right. Whereas you can, like, you know, you've heard from his uh, lawyer say, you know, I just saw him a few days ago. You know, he seemed to be in good spirits, but that, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really deem too much from that either. My uncles right. were in good spirits when they were passing from cancer. Meanwhile, yeah. their bodies were failing them the whole time. Right. So you it's can't, you know, he may have been in good spirits and laughing right. and stuff, but that doesn't it's mean failing. insides he wasn't failing. You know what I mean? So right. there's, there's a, a lot of unanswered yeah. questions. Exactly. When, when we're, we're going to come back, either way, I don't think anybody, I think like Biden said, nobody was surprised right. that this happened. And I think the the expectation is is that, this is how it that their system works, whether by, you know, accident, force or or just inevitability. This is what happens to the opposition in Russia these days. And and I and the interesting thing is it's creating all kinds of parallels in the conversation about Donald Trump going to jail, where the right wing has been able to say this is what the Democrats, they're trying to kill him like Navalny was killed, like they're complaining Navalny was killed. And they're trying to do the same thing to Trump. Right. Hmm. We've heard that a bunch of times. We got to take a break. We'll come back. The number of um, Russian casualties crossed a major um, uh, milepost, and uh, we'll talk about that on the way back as well. Uh, Meanwhile, check out Philip Bittner's uh, YouTube channel and, and bookmark it, and we'll be back right after this. You're locked into the House Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Welcome back. So the um, the the death toll and the, the the casualty count in Russia continues to climb in their um, uh, war of ego against Ukraine and I guess the rest of civilized society. And that number crossed the four hundred thousand mark, which I predicted when when uh, our dear friend Philip Bittner was on with us on Wednesday. We could just mm. you could tell that in the next seventy two hours it was going to clear that number. Uh, just. Yeah horrifying the the at the volume of of dead and 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 this and i think and, and I, I i guess this would be a question for for both you guys uh both um since since you've had a lot of experience in russia and in and war zones phil and and boston brian huge world war ii fan but like the the volume of people killed in this is extraordinary i think it's historically large now, it, you know. Com- yeah, well, they were determined. A lot of that came in Avdivka. They were determined to seize Avdivka, and the reports are from <clears throat> from out there that they just they just flooded the place. And right. while the, and they overwhelmed the Ukrainians, so the Ukrainians retreated. Then they sent in. Um, the third assault brigade uh, mm-hmm. to uh, help get those guys out, so that you right. know that they they held held position, so that the the rest of the guys, the hundred and tenth, I think, was in there. Um, that they were that they were able to withdraw from Avdivka, which Russia has been trying to seize for nine years. Uh, <clears throat> so they were able to. The third assault was in there. And they were just grinding, grinding up the Russians. I mean, they they were taking significant casualties as well. Although I'm told by by someone here uh, who has contact, direct contact with Third Assault, is that you know they took casualties, but they're still intact. Uh, so you know, it's obviously it's not good news, 
but boy, did they make the Russians pay for Avdivka with every every inch that they went. So uh, it's not good that they withdrew. They withdrew in no small part because uh, we have let them down uh, profoundly. And uh, what is happening in Congress and the lack of, of sending shells uh, here and actually supporting these people, uh, as we promised we would do. Um, there's no doubt that they lost Avdivka in no small part because of it. Uh, they, they did manage, however, today to, in typical Ukrainian fashion, uh, draw out three Sukhoi 35s, uh, these, uh, you know, f- advanced fighters with fire bomb capability. They drew them out uh, with a feint. And when they drew them out, they got into position of, of air, uh, air defense batteries. And so they knocked out three of these things in one day, which is pretty good in a single day. Um, this is, and I've been out there. I look, I have been out there. So all this conversation of like Avdivka is this major, major defeat and it changes the metrics of the war. I mean, it's a loss for sure. That's not a good thing, but they have fallen back to positions. Um, after Avdivka, what happens is the terrain out in the Donbass turns into these long sloping, uh, plain, not plains, but fields. We're separated between Bocage, like Brian, you know exactly what the Bocage did to our troops right. in Normandy, right? Mm-hmm. But add to that, add to the, in addition to Bocage's, you know, separating these fields, these are long, long fields that slope up at a, at a low, at a, at a low ratio there. So if you were able to put defensive positions along the Bocage there, along the tree line, as the Russians come up out of Avdivka, um, they're going to get slaughtered. They're going to get absolutely slaughtered. So they're actually, you know, and this is not trying to, you know, uh, 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 t- turn a turd into a diamond uh, because it is bad news. But um, they are in a much better defensive position than they were trying to hold Avdivka. And, you know, if the Russians, it's not like this, again, like Bakhmut. And when I remember when Bakhmut was, you know, this whole thing, and and if Bakhmut falls, there's going to be this collapse of the Ukrainian forces. No, 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 man. There is defensive line in depth. They are ready to receive. And if the Russians come up out of Avdivka and try to move west, they're going to be pounded again, again, because their armor is going to be an open ground. And even with a lack of shells, uh, the the armor that the Ukrainians have will make the Russians pay for it. So, but yeah, they're slaughtering them. They're, they're, they're going to get to 500,000 in, you know, I mean, goodness gracious, when spring comes on and the fighting really resumes, they're going to, they're going to cross the 500,000. They're going to be 500,000 dead Russian. No audio. Soldiers. Can't hear you. Yep. We lost you, Hal. Check one. There we go. Hi. There you are. Oh, you're back. back. Yeah, just magic. Um, yeah, that, uh, I was saying that in less than 90 days, yeah. um, that there is going to be 500,000 dead Russians. And how far away is the Russian election? March. Yeah. So uh, two months after yeah. the election, you know, less than two months after the election, the first thing that the newly elected, reelected Vladimir Putin is going to confront um, everywhere is the fact that his country has lost half of a million people fighting for ground 
they could have just struck a trade deal with and paid a, a minor fine or what, what have you. To that uh, point, fees. could you yeah. imagine how demoralizing it must be to be a member of the Russian military knowing that the amount of soldiers you just expended on Evdivka, taking Evdivka, knowing that the Ukrainians have the ability to, like Phil said, just drop back to another defensive line and start this all over again, uh, albeit maybe in a better defensive position than they were, almost almost surely to be in a, a better defensive position than they were in Evdivka. So the amount of soldiers they lost taking Evdivka compared to the, the right. morale of the troops that are now in Avdivka saying, okay, now we have to, you know, get, gather our forces again just to make another push into another more heavily defended, uh, uh, more difficult terrained area. It just, it's got a way on the psyche of these, of these people. It beggars I mean, belief. Take, it, take, like, where are they well, going to come yeah, from? But take they're, in mind I mean, they're that they're, they're also... They're abducting take, migrants. The Russians are abducting migrants and conscripting them in their own country right at this point. Like, yeah, no, but also, I'm for sure that this is a morale boost. Taking out, let's not let's not yeah. pretend this is going to be a morale boost, but it will be, I suspect, short lived because I think they're just going to be sent back into the into the meat grinder. Uh, and you know, we, we, one of the things that Putin is said to be considering and waiting until after the election is another round of mobilization. Is that he's going to wait until after he has been, you know, and of course he will be reelected. And then he's gonna, he's going to uh, call for another round of mobilization, and that's just—I don't know how that's going to be received in Russia. I really don't. I, I mean, at five hundred thousand dead, and you guys were talking about Navalny and and why now and all the rest of it. Navalny, it's true, did not have a large percentage of supporters in in Russia, but what he was was a lightning rod for pointing out the corruption of Putin. Uh, and because of his work with uh, organizations like Bellingcat, um, and, and let's also I, look. Let me say first and foremost, I was no fan of Alexei Navalny. Navalny was a very complicated man. I, I've I've spoken to people. I never met him, but I've spoken to people who He's have a nationalist as well too. Yeah, absolute absolute nationalist, an egomaniac with a savior complex, and an, and a, and a dyed in the wool Russian imperialist. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, two evils. he was he was no saint, but what he right. did do and do effectively was pull the curtain back on all the corruption of not only Putin, but Putin's cronies. Mm-hmm. And um, that in an election period probably wasn't going to sway anything. But, it, you know, because Russians are notoriously cynical and fatalist anyhow, but. Uh, at least they, they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to ignore it when they went to the polls. And so mm-hmm. but but as you also both mentioned, and rightfully so, as with Gonzalo Lira in the Ukrainian prison here, which, look, there need to be reforms here. The, the prison system here is still a holdover from the Russian influence in the Soviet system. Those prisons are brutal. I have been in true. I have been in two Russian prisons in my lifetime. Okay, I, I, I did a report on a, a, a prison in Kaliningrad where they isolated uh, AIDS uh, uh, victim uh, AIDS sufferers, um, mm-hmm. guys who mostly had gotten it from uh, intravenous drug use, and I've been and I was in a prison uh, outside of Moscow once. These are brutal, brutal prisons, even yeah. by the worst of American standards. 
you don't want to be. And, and as we have discussed in the past, Hal, when you become a ward of the state in Russia, yeah. you you it's no matter what version, orphanage, you know, mental yep. health, prison, uh, you are you're, you're a burden on the state, and therefore, especially if you require so, intensive of, daily medical care, you know, you're right. not just a healthy. You're going to be worth uh, it. You're going to outlive your usefulness, and that was the, probably the one thing keeping Navalny alive was his his political usefulness. And and maybe in the world, the way uh, we got to take a break, but when maybe the way you know Phil talks about um, Navalny is it's very different than our experience of you know the sort of the mythology around Navalny that we know in the states that kind of you know exalts him a little bit higher you know the russians you know are looking at him from a different perspective so brian you know we may both kind of be right in that regard in that in terms of what they might think of his value outside um versus what they see of it every day or what the attitude towards people in ukraine or in the surrounding countries feel about navalny and his worth um and is he worth more to scare people or is he worth more to get rid of so that he's no longer a thorn in their side so he doesn't keep making messages and he keeps smiling in our faces and showing that we may be weak while our people are dying in the field there's a bunch of reasons why they might you know but that both things can be true the outside image that's created in the western world that we deal with and the internal view that they have every single day there's a mismatch between how we perceive things and how they perceive things. And I think that goes to what Phil's point was about how Russians see the world. It's this kind of Ruskimir zero-sum game, dog-eat-dog situation. And that's got to infect your brain and how you deal with the worth of human life. we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. We're going to take some questions. Johnny Million's going to look up some in the yep. chat. If I dare uh, test the Internet gods today one more no, time. No, no worries. Try and get, yeah, mm-hmm. Just asking a question might shut stuff down. But, that you know, we're going we're gonna to get through it, kids. We're going to get through it. We'll be back right after this. Attention. Attention. Stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Oh, my God. They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back with Hell Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Um, I know I have lots of uh, input, but I also want to make sure we get some of our questions in. So, Johnny Million, what do you got in there? You may have questions for Boston Brian and for Phil. And uh, I do, yeah. My, well. my first one is coming from Seattle Susie Q. Please ask Phil what he thinks about this announcement. Quote, Justice Department transfers approximately 500000 in fortified Russian funds to Estonia for Ukraine. Mm-hmm. $500,000? Yes, sorry, dollars. Oh, okay. Dropping the hat. Come on, we can do better than that. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. That's that's a drop in the bucket. No, we can do way better than that. We need to do way better than you that. You say we right? have to. Yeah. Well, and, I, and again, I, I will argue that, that the administration – uh, must get credit for the fact that it is doing everything it can within the law to get as yeah. much stuff. I saw. Okay, so I watch some of these like uh, semi right wing or right leaning or military sort of channels all the time because of you know, the, doing the show and what, clips that I watch and stuff that shows up in my feed. And there's some guys who are like, you know, covered uh, have been covering the Ukraine war from the beginning. There aren't former army guys and they talk about it from a tactical point and as much as they're like anti-biden and they're not necessarily pro-trump but they're definitely anti-democrat most of the time they're on the right side of the is that the initials of the podcast yes absolutely yep and so these guys 
bless their hearts, it's weird. It's a fixation they have, but uh, whatever, I can look past it. But they've been on the right side of the Ukraine issue, and they are dug in and angry about the Republicans dragging their feet. And they are on the mm-hmm. right side, I would argue, of the Israel-Hamas situation as well. They're they're pretty, as, as you know, former in-the-field guys, they have a much more kind of cogent view of what's actually happening. That said, they had a thumbnail that said, U.S. turns its back on Ukraine. And it had a picture, it had two politicians on it, Mike Johnson and Joe Biden. And let me tell you, there is a huge distinction when it comes to turning your back on Ukraine between those two gentlemen. And it's not a lesser of two evils. It's a singular evil. Mike Johnson and and this small pack of House Republicans, if not for them, this stuff would have passed a long time ago. Every other Republican, if they didn't feel corralled by maggots and fearing for their electoral life, these guys would have a long time ago. Yeah, when Rob I, did I, that show I by himself, heard. he was a lot. Go ahead, Phil. Go ahead, bud. Well, I was going to say I have heard among certain communities that that there is criticism actually that Biden could be doing more. My perspective is that Biden is doing well, but I do think he could do a little bit more, especially now in this crunch period. I'm not going to be hypercritical of him though because he has been good. On this on this subject, he has rallied the NATO uh, allies and and all the rest of it. But I do think he could uh, he could he could knock it up a little bit. He could do it. He could get a little well, more proactive. That's the thing. I, I, but, I do not see I do not see any evidence of that as a fact. And I I maybe on a on send a more attack level, bully send more attackums. Send, he could he could up the number of attackums. He could up the number of HIMARS. Um, he could he yeah, could up the number I don't, I don't of F-16. That from a budgetary standpoint, or what the money that's been allocated, or the volume that's been allocated, or what's available, yeah. I don't know yeah. what they have available. I don't. To I don't either. The rules I don't either. But if it was, are. and so yeah, yeah, which is why I'm not nearly as hypercritical as I think these this group that you're mentioning is, or what I've seen some, from other people, or indeed from mm-hmm. some Ukrainians here. I mean, there's been I just criticism. Think the two is but insane. there's no of about, course, right. of course, yeah. of course. Anywhere what close. Johnson what Johnson is doing is deplorable. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's one man holding, and then to go on recess. You know, while people are dying here is just beyond reproach. And also, I'm, I, I think you're right. I think he knows that if it actually does go to a vote, there have been a number of Republicans who have this week very publicly said, I'm not running for reelection, which which means they're not beholden to the base, which means yeah. they can vote their conscience. I'm hoping that and I'm also hoping and I think it will happen with maybe a couple of of defectors. I'm hoping that Jeffries can keep the whip and keep the Democrats in line as well because of the you know the the element of the Israeli ad that's in 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 the in the A group. Mm-hmm. I think he can, I think he'll be able to. I think there might be a, as I say a couple of defections, but with I think the number of Republicans I've I've reached out to my uh, representative, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bergman in in, uh, in Michigan's first. And uh, I have been told by his office in no uncertain terms, they will vote uh, for the, aid, you know, pro uh, aid, the aid package, uh, if and when it gets to the floor on a vote. So it will pass. There's not yeah. a doubt in my mind. But Johnson has to be forced. If, if that's what it takes, whatever need, whatever pressure needs to be put on Johnson 
needs to be put on Johnson. You know, it, this is ridiculous. And it's, yeah, I mean, I, uh, really of, depressing. Short, yeah. Short of, short of, uh, like flooding his timeline, um, with news stories going all the way back to the beginning of the war, reminding him how this started and, and of the atrocities like Bucha and all the other stuff that's been going on the entire time. I think that's one of the best ways to do this. Cause if, if, whether he's a real Christian or not, or any of that kind of debate and that back and forth about his validity as a Christian, at the very least, he's operating with that as his veneer. And, and you can't, you, the, your, your mask can only take so much stress before you have to yep. reinforce it. And that's, that's where you can back a lot of these folks into a corner. Sure. Hit them um, up with the religiosity of the Ukrainians. I mean, this, this yeah. country is Deeply, deeply religious. I mean, like profoundly religious with a multitude of different, uh, you know, there are uh, Catholics, Orthodox, Protestants, Jews, uh, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, for goodness sake. I mean, everything is here. It's a mishmash. Um, but, you know, they are de- devout and most of them admittedly are Orthodox. So, hey, you know, or Catholics or, you know, de- hey, Johnson, these are Ukrainians are Christian too, and they are suffering badly. You could sure let's use that on him. Do whatever it takes. I've heard it suggested. Uh, Kinzinger came out with a thing, a thing today saying, "Just deny every bill that is put forward by him. Just, just, just don't even you refuse to vote, abstain. You know, just don't let don't let anything that he puts to the floor actually go to a vote. Uh, you know, filibuster whatever Johnson, it takes." Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, if, if he, he, you know, Kinziger was, right. was saying, you know, that'll make, that'll break his back in a, in a week. You know, if, if he, if it, if you wrote, if you bottleneck everything, if they're able to do that, um, you know, yeah, those I, who I, do support I, I the dis- aid package. I, I will, I, okay. St- uh, uh, tactically, I will disagree. Ta- tactically, I will disagree because uh, you have to care about people and care about government functioning well to have that technique work on you. And grinding this whole thing to a halt has been the modus operandi. Play in the MAGA Republicans. It, yeah, that's yeah. that's what the yeah. MAGA call. Oh, I, I didn't say I agreed with it. I didn't say yeah. I agreed with it. I just said that this is this is there. There are people out there proposing all sorts of things, and I agree with it. I agree with the search for a way to force him to put that bill. On, and I am willing to entertain all comers. This is this is this is uh, this is brainstorming be, time, folks. Uh, sure, that's you right. I, I'll tell you primarily how it's going to work. I'll tell you why it'll get to the floor and why it'll ultimately get voted on is because it is a defense supplemental, and the money that will be paid to soldiers and uh, and you know military medics and all these other people and the gear that they need and the support structure for submarine crews so that you know they don't have hull breaches and all that kind of stuff all the things that are attached to it that they always have to do because this is normally a rubber stamp bill the only reason they're stopping it is because of this additional funding you know for for ukraine because they're trying to help russia in this regard the the back and forth on this ultimately they're gonna run out of time and the democrats to some degree are are to some degree, aren't worried that real soldiers are going to be harmed by this and that this will just be a drawdown in certain areas that will be that will just scare Republicans, namely stopping the flow of fentanyl. The ships that are blocking the flow of fentanyl from South America that comes in through Cuba and Florida, that's that that's going to have to dry up. We won't be able to afford that first. 
the, the nuclear subs aren't going to be pulled later. But that's going to start scaring the Republicans the potential for that. And that's what will get it through. Because that money has to be paid out or our soldiers don't get paid or we have to shorten missions yeah. or pull people home. Or, you know, first thing that goes is fuel and arms. If you're not firing stuff, you're firing stuff up. And if you don't, if you don't have the fuel to fire something up, you got to park the boat. A park there's boat one, needs- there's one other factor. There's one other factor, though, that needs yeah. to be brought into consideration. And it's a it's a very serious one is that it do we have the time? Do we have the time? Ukrainians are dying every single day, every right. single day. You know, and and I and I get where you're coming from, Hal, and I think that's definitely a way that it might be resolved. Ultimately, it will be resolved. It will be put. To, the bill will get to the floor, and I believe it will pass because it needs Absolutely. to. And there are enough people who know that. But time is of the essence, and I say this as somebody, and I say this, and I realize I'm biased. All right, so I'm coming at this from a different perspective. I I totally get what you're saying, but with yeah. all due respect. I well, I'm that. not arguing that this. We is are dying be, here. I'm, I'm We're saying, dying. yeah, yeah. We're dying. Yeah, no, I know. I, I agree. I'm just you saying know, that's just, the longest they could hold out. And the problem is, you know. is that they're going to, by punting this, they are going to a buckle. All the right wing media are going to turn on them. We've seen it happen before, and they're mm-hmm. delaying the inevitable. If they would just do it. The right wing's going to turn on them anyways, and they could move on to the next story because the right wing media is a dog with a bone. So it will just yeah. chase after whatever the hell, and that'll be that. But yeah. what they're doing is just kind of delaying and putting off. They they don't instead Which of pulling off so, the band aid, moving on, and uh, it's idiotic, right? And it's so difficult for me to talk to, and I'm t- and I am in con- I am in correspondence with some very influential Ukrainians, and this has been a process that's been growing, and I, I, I'm thinking of one right now who's a member of the, of the RADA, and, and I keep telling her, um, we'll do the right thing, we'll do the right thing, just hang in there, and then he calls the recess, and for me, that was just like, I am so sorry, I'm so sorry. How, looking these people in the eye, on the ground, yeah, here in Ukraine, sure. it's, it's very, very difficult. And they also, um, and I, I not that it's, I, I, hey, I not that it's, yeah. not that it, that, oh, oh, poor woe is me. It's not what I'm saying. I am just yeah, saying yeah. that we, we can do better and we should do better and we no need question. to get that bill on the floor ASAP. And if okay. anybody, you know, if anybody, you'll call again, I, I've been making this call i've been making this request for a long time for the better part of two weeks now call your elected officials call them put pressure on put the heat on you know whatever they can do even just leaving a voicemail whatever call john you know call johnson's office although he is apparently switching off his voicemail uh you know uh now's the time it's really really critical and i i hear everything everybody is saying and i respect it um, I'm just saying from my perspective, we, every hour, every minute, every day, whatever it is that we dither and, and, and don't get this done is a day where lives are lost. Agreed. That's just, well, I mean, again, that's what I'm, that's and, and tragic. Again, neither, not, neither one of us can change the two week holiday, for example, at all. No, it, that, is, that is, that is the vote could come back the day they come back, but this has to be an albatross hung around the neck of Mike Johnson and everybody else involved, um, you know, in delaying the inevitable because these were, these are deaths that did not need to happen. They were Mm -hmm. not, you know, that this is, this was a choice of the Republican party specifically uh, for the benefit of Donald Trump and the benefit of, uh, you know, some weird odd group in their, in their flank 
that scares the crap out of them. Hmm. Um, they are this close to losing their majority in the House before the election. So we got to take a break. We'll yep. come back right after this. Uh, we got one more question. Uh, uh, got a few more questions. Uh, okay, good. All right. We'll be back right after this. It's the Health Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. I am happy. You are happy. Let us be happy together. Whether the weather is cloudy or sunny, I will always be a funny honey bunny. I am lucky. You are lucky. Let us get lucky together. Whether the weather is cloudy or breezy, I'll be there to say, hey, come on, let's take it easy. Because isn't it nice to have the friends that you do? And isn't it nice that the sky is so blue? And isn't it nice to say I love you? Chugga, chugga, choo, choo, woo, woo. I am smiling, you are smiling, let us smile together, whether the weather is cloudy or stormy, I will still be there in the morning, I'll be right by your side in the morning, I'll make you breakfast in the morning, I hope that you like cereal. Yay! (laughs) I love cereal. You know, it's a good time, I kind of miss it, I don't really do cereal very often or whatever, you know, that... I used to be part of the cereal for dinner brigade back in the 90s, you know, when when you're... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They don't, mm. they don't make much cinnamon cereal. Cinnamon toast crunch, no milk. Come on. Ooh, all right. Quick snack. I'm uh, probably the, the one that I will always eat too much of and like regret it afterwards, but yeah. still go back to it. Golden grams. I can kill a box, feel mm. horrible about it, and then next time at the grocery store, I'm like, it's time for some more golden grams. <laughs> I, uh, do you have a favorite cereal? Uh, yeah, I uh, never was a cereal guy. I was more Russian bacon and eggs. Cereal that you no, can only no, find no. in one market no, down there. Even, that even as a kid, I was always Ivanos. As a kid, I was always uh, bacon and eggs. Bacon <laughs> and eggs. They don't sink, but they all you, you pour them out a third floor window, and they magically land in the bowl. Um, uh, uh, which, by the way, um, the you know. Uh, again, not to kind of bring it back to the Navalny aspect of this, but it's almost like he has ghosted over top of um, the continual death of other Russian, you know, power players over the last, you know, yeah. especially over the last two years. Bor- Boris Nemtsov, Anna Polakovskaya. And this is what Putin does. This is this, yep. is, and, and also, you know, we got the U.S. has got to do something in response to Navalny. We're really, I don't know what it is, but the, it it can't just be a finger wag. It's got to be something more substantial. Um, but we'll we'll see. But uh, yeah, this is what Putin does. He he kills well, so You know what? It it takes the focus off the fact that they just lost their what twenty sixth warship um, yeah. in the Black Sea. Yeah. To a yeah. country with no navy, and then, by the way, and then, <laughs> by the way, an amphibious landing vehicle as well. You'll notice, Ooh, by the, you'll with notice a massive they, explosion. You can tell that thing was they have, they, they have been fixated. Too. They've been fixated on two things: the Ukrainians, when it comes to the Black Sea Fleet, they have been fixated on 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 missile uh, launching platforms, whether it's a frigate or what have you, uh, and they've been uh, focusing on amphibious. So. They're, this isn't willy. This is not just done arbitrarily. When a vessel comes into into distance, they hunt these things down, and they're hitting exactly what they intend to hit. Because without the amphibious uh, landing vehicle, there's no way they even try to take Odessa. Much no, less. No, and they're I mean, proven. The they they're proven just how 
just how hard they are to hit, even when spotted. These these sea drones. I mean, they're the, so the low drones, profile. The drones. They're so uh, you know the 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 shape in the water is is yeah. nothing but like they're you, not, you'd but they're, want to be yeah. looking out for in a warship. You know, what I mean, the phalanx can't hook onto it because of the lack of yeah, radar. They're, they're the X-wing uh, fighters uh, of of boats. The, Right, the main yeah. guns can't lock onto it because of lack of radar, lack of uh, you know. Yeah. You just but they're not no going to, after. It's down to shoulder fired rifles, basically to to, yeah. to dislodge. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that with. But they're not going after the Ukrainians. Are not going after things like destroyers. They're not going after mine layers or mine sweepers. No, no, they're targeting the things that shoot cruise missiles at the cities, and they're going for anything that would potentially aid them in an amphibious landing. This they're is also so good. They're so smart. A direct result of the great attack intel. on the Kursh Bridge, too. And uh, because yeah. if the Kursh Bridge was operational, there'd be no reason for Russia to be having to transport their goods and ammunition through, you know, via uh, uh, landing ships, via the, the, the Black Sea route there. And they wouldn't be putting their, their ships and, and ammunition mm-hmm. and soldiers in danger of, uh, of, of these sea drones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's As grab much, another question. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Because I know it's in there. I've got, uh, got one from Nick Rich. Uh, do the Ukrainian people have access to realistic information about the war? Yeah. Yeah. Sure they do. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, they have about as much, they have as, ac- they have as much access to anybody. Uh, to, to information about the war as anybody. Um, one thing that the, the one thing that impedes everybody's getting information about the war is the fact that the Ukrainians are very good at locking down information coming out of the front lines in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, their their operational security and their information control is very very good. They do not have embedded journalists like the but but the, 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 but then when we go to war and we have embedded journalists, it's because we have the luxury of including them. The Ukrainians are not taking that chance. They're not taking that risk. So while we get great op, uh, you know uh, open source stuff, um, you know and stuff does come out. Uh, they're still very good at their at controlling the flow of information. So Ukrainians are able to get as much information, you know, if not more, because obviously they have friends and family and stuff that are out there on the front lines. Right. Um, but they get about, you know, they get as much as anybody in the world does. There's there's no overt censorship here when it comes to, you know, over, you know, blatant censorship here or unreasonable censorship uh, when it comes to the war effort. Cool. Uh, uh, Another one, Johnny? Yeah. Sure thing. Yeah. This is from uh, Plainsman over on Twitch. Does Putin's control of Trump translate into a control of the House of Representatives as well, enough to make Trump's undermining of NATO put Eastern Europe at risk? Yes. Full stop. Yes. Yeah. Mm Uh, he, it, 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 and, and also I would be, not be terribly, in fact, I'm not, wouldn't be terribly, more than I wouldn't be terribly surprised. I'm darn mm-hmm. sure that there are compromised congressmen and congresswomen for that matter, you know, hmm, uh, who, who have, the, the Russians have been working on, whether or not that is, uh, getting them to be fellow travelers or, the whole Ron Paul. Their, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, feeding, feeding them, 
you know, information that, tr- you know, that changes their perception of what's actually happening here, feeding them a line or, you know, th- feeding them propaganda. Come on, or Phil, you're not influence. saying that United States politicians that went to Moscow for July 4th, Independence yeah. Day, yeah, sure. may actually have some sort of compromise on them, are no, you? Hey, I'm you don't know what they talked sure. about. There, was I would no, never there were no that. American translators allowed in that meeting and no notes. You don't can't, right. you can't say on, that, man. Boston, Brian. But even if we take that away, I mean, it, it, by by sheer dent of the fact that it comes, you know, it, the, the the Mar-a-Lago, the red line is, you know, from Mar-a-Lago to Johnson or to a ver- variety of other, you know, uh, members of, of the Senate and the House. Uh, and, and because we know that Trump is compromised by Putin, yes, from Putin to Trump and, to whomever. And even on the flip side of that, look at the new merger that Trump is trying to set up with True Social with this uh, Chinese company. Uh, now, we, now, now, not only will, will uh, Russia have leverage over them, but if uh, another Chinese company and, and more Chinese uh, nationalists get leverage over there him, either financially or through uh, access to their company or what have you, I mean, this guy's he's compromised from all angles, regardless of which way you look yep. at it. Yeah, no, 100%. Do we got time for one more or two more? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. About three more minutes? Uh, um, yep. This is from John G. A question about drone strikes. Do those focus on smaller targets or big targets? Depends on what kind of drone we're talking about. Um, some drones uh, will go for, for large targets, buildings, uh, infrastructure, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, others will go for armored personnel carriers or tanks uh, or individual soldiers, for that matter. You know, the, the drones, one of the things that's happened with the drones is in this new warfare is that, you know, you have different drones for different purposes it's a, almost a completely well it is actually a completely separate branch of the military Did you uh, see the rotary barrel they have now to uh enlarge the capacity of nads a drone can use so it's yes. like a circular barrel shaped and instead of you know the two or three that these drones could use i think it doubles it to either six or eight if i'm not mistaken or or also like a, what they'll a shotgun do, or what, thing. yeah also what they'll do is they'll swarm you know, they will they will send 10 small uh, drones to attack something. You know, it, it's that's what's happened to the, the, the refineries. Yeah. 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 It's because. Yeah, and, and again, that, they hit everything. They hit everything. Right. Overall, it's like it, the idea was that there's one particular place in a site like that that will shut it down. There's dozens of places You're There's a you know, especially like oil refineries and the like have a myriad of areas where if you hit it, it will disable it for a period of time and they may be able to fix it. They may be able to remedy it, but they, you know, it'll take them a few days. Well, if you hit 10 of those places with a smaller munition, instead of putting all your eggs in one basket and trying to get a missile through, um, you're way better off. And that's, what's been happening to all of these sites. It's again, these are the, this is the, this is the drone world we now live in. Um, yeah, I still think you know, it's it's rather more. something new to be able to take out a four, five, six, ten million dollar piece of equipment with a you know five hundred thousand, fifteen hundred, twenty five hundred dollar drone, cardboard drone. I mean, yeah. this is this is this is different things that that designers and weapons manufacturers are are definitely a looking at 
looking into studying really well and you can be damn sure that 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 the united states military analysts are looking at uh the usage of drones in um just the new usages for them too as part of every soldier's kit is on its way and boss brian and i will be having a special program just about that just because we need to just about like nerding out over drones eventually. Uh, everybody follow Philip Bittner and Boston Brian and Johnny Million on all of their socials. Uh, Johnny Thanks, Million everyone. has a live streaming rock and roll. Thanks, uh, Call your representatives. Call your representatives. YouTube, uh, twitch.tv slash it's Johnny Million. Um, uh, those of us with Patreons, like patreon.com slash Hal Sparks, support the show, help us stay on the air. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. If you can't afford the beast, you